and we are back after a hiatus super long hiatus a long hiatus the, mm -hmm. the covid hiatus of 2020 yeah yeah it's a good enough excuse anyway, i guess <sighs> just yeah any, 2020 just feels like really a long goes. sigh yeah <laughs> it feels like a dumpster fire <laughs> it feels like a dumpster fire? Yeah, it feels like a dumpster fire of just clusterfuck whatever. It's a lot. Just burn it. It's a lot just to burn have. burn it to the ground. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. there's... So we're having this impromptu uh, podcast after, what, like three months? Three and a half months? Mm-hmm. I'm also eating grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. And... I don't I was feeling resistance to doing this. You weren't, Jenna? I'm feeling kind of chill today. Mm. I don't know. I'm not super resistant. Mm. But I don't have anything, like, really pushing at me. Hmm. What about you, Jane? Um, I was, I would say, like, my resistance came in the form of, like, I could have got. I felt like almost indifferent. Like I was really excited about it. Um, to a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Yep, I'm doing it." And then today, I woke up and I was just like, "Oh, I don't know." So I guess yeah, I guess you could call that resistance. And then I had like every reason to not make it happen, and then here we are. So I'm glad that we did. Yeah, and they... I like that. I like that message of just like, "Let's do it now," and then mm -hmm. here we are. That feels good. Yeah, I was the exact same, Jane. Like, first of all, I forgot about it until you texted us. Mm. And then even when you texted, I was like, I kind of hope they can't. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that is resistance hard. <laughs> and I and I wanted to be shitty and pretend I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. But I like made sure I didn't because I know historically I have. <laughs> Jenna, you say you're not resistant, but you didn't even bring it up. So <laughs> busyness is a form I of resistance like too. I'm, but I'm not even busy. Like I was just gonna say, I have been floating for like three months. Mm. Like I'm almost just like in this like haze days <laughs> for like three months, where it's like slow days not really doing much not really committing to anything mm. just kind of like hanging around really swampy feminine but it doesn't feel super negative yeah just feels it's not like chill like vegging vegging there's a difference here it's like kind of being stuck in the clouds just floating hmm yeah yeah, I feel kind of like that too. My, like my resistance is, like I think my resistance is coming back to real life, whatever that means. Like rigidity <laughs> of schedules. Yeah, it's almost like I think I was describing this to Becky though one day. I have been so structured for so long that it's like I like blew the fuse, hmm. and like right when this started, and I just allowing myself to recharge by being nothing mm. for so long mm. floating yeah okay yeah. so let's really get into that like what in the last 
six months or four months has really changed for you that feels like a big dramatic change? For me? Yeah, mm-hmm. you go first. Um, I literally just have really slow days. Like we, we sold our house and left the city. We've been living at the lake. It's super chill. We literally like are outside most of the time. I walk, I watch the kids play. We have a garden here. I make food and just like visit with neighbors and people that are around here. Hmm. Um, It's just like a slow, really um, primal way of life. Mm -hmm. And there's part of my soul that had been craving this so hard but didn't know how to make it work this just forced it to work and then it's like anytime I try to get back into something passionate um my my brain just blocks me it's like no no <laughs> I don't even want to um the only thing that I've been feeling passionate about which is really weird is like gardening not even gardening Ooh. but like like I used to kill every plant that I ever tried to grow so it's so weird but I'm feeling like I just want to learn how to be sovereign in making my own food like growing my own food year-round and I'm like plotting that out right now how I'm gonna have an indoor garden and like um I love harvesting stuff from our garden I love checking it every day and then like making organic food from it for everybody and like Mm mm-hmm I don't know. That's really weird. That took me by surprise completely. It's mm, cool. I love that. It's cool how it just kind of, we've been talking about this stuff for so long. About, like, what do we do if the apocalypse comes? Yeah. And now you're yeah. just, like, you're just, like, setting yourself up to have all these skill sets that maybe were, like, lost in the in the millennial generation, and you're, like, reclaiming them yeah and there's part of me that almost feels guilty about it it feels like I turned my back on the on my other life like my life before if that makes sense mm-hmm. but part of me feels really nourished by this and doesn't want to get back into those busy days because I know that this is so good for my kids too like they love it mm-hmm. yeah and we're just like so cut off yeah it just cut off but I've got it back on now so sorry Jane you were saying mm, that's okay um the resistance is real oh the resistance is real <laughs> I was just gonna say like I feel kind of in that same energy and the word that comes up for me is like I feel like I'm in my like like feminine but almost like my maternal too like I feel like I'm so into like taking care of people right now and like cooking for them and like hosting dinners and like um like my parents like making like I've been like making bread and I'm so into that and like I don't know like it's it's really cool like I love like and like for for Ryland too I like love getting up and like the other morning I got up at like 6 a.m and made bread and muffins and I was like who am I like you know when you like we've been making bread too and you know when you serve someone like a fresh piece of bread and you just watch their face when they like orgasm Mm -hmm. yes yes so good so deeply satisfying yeah I just like I'm like loving like feeding people and like cooking at home and like the other night we went um like I and I I had kept saying like I wanted to like go out for a date or like go out and do something and um we went and we like Rylan like spur of the moment 
like picked up on the desire and like took me for pizza and we like sat on this patio and it was and it was really nice and I like loved that he like did it like for me you know but it but it was like mm-hmm. it made me realize like I actually appreciate so much more like staying home and like cooking together and like having that experience of like creating something together like being in the kitchen together than I do yeah being out so yeah and then like I'm the girl that like I would have eaten every meal out historically like I love that and like I think the thing I'm missing the most about like quarantines in quarantines is like going out and like going dancing like I love that but I think in the last four months I've really realized how much like how I guess beautiful and like nourishing my feminine side is because I haven't like previously in other relationships I guess like been really connected to it yeah so yeah so I feel like that's shifted huge for me in the last four months um I feel like all of my relationships have gone through some kind of like either it feels like retrograde or like some crazy transformation like a lot of the women in my life I've had conflict with but I feel like it's like good has come from it and I I think it's really interesting to notice other people's reactions to my happiness and like me being in love Mm. and how that like Mm -hmm. pisses some people off and like interesting how they're like what their reactions are to it and how they mask it with other things Mm -hmm. that it's almost like yeah you're changing your identity and they're like no no yeah stay the way you've always been yeah yeah and the Mm -hmm. the thing that's coming up come up for me actually recently that like and I'm like a little nervous to talk about it on here but I think it's important is that like I'm totally in quote-unquote lover's lagoon but I'm gonna stop calling it that because I feel like I just have a different relationship and like call it like maybe it'll change in a year and I'm sure our relationship will change but like Rylan and I like love to work together and we love to do like friend stuff together and we love to go on dates and we love to just like be together like a lot and historically and even now like I'm like oh and like with talking to you Becky it's like okay I can't make my whole life about him but then I stop and I have that check-in with myself constantly because it's something that I have a tendency to do and like did in a past relationship is like just sail off into the sunset and like lose all the things that are lose track of all the things that are important to me. But every Mm -hmm. time I check in on that lately, I feel like I'm doing the things I want to do. And like, he like supports me to do the things I want to do like with him or without him. But we do spend like insane amounts of time together. But like, it feels like because we don't have to, or because like neither of us need to, it's like, it's a hundred percent a want. It feels so Mm -hmm. good. Like, historically, I think it would have been more of, like, a control thing. And I still, like, do get weirdly fucked up about it when we're apart. But, like, I feel, yeah, it just feels really different. So, I don't know. I'm navigating that, I guess. And as you can tell, probably I'm processing it as I'm talking to you guys about it. (laughs) It does feel good as you're talking about it, though. It feels like you're in approval of it. Mm -hmm. What's that? It feels good. Like, it feels like you're in approval of it. And... If you do the little inventory of, like, am I still going to the gym? Am I still studying? Am I still, mm-hmm. you know, like, working towards the things I want to do? And I like yeah. what you said, too, about it being a want, not a need. Like, it's it's a choice. So maybe yeah. you're not in Lover's Lagoon. And just to give a definition of Lover's Lagoon, it's that period of time when you first start dating 
and you completely it's fun it's intoxicating right it's that that period of time when you like never want to leave your bed you like eat in bed you (laughs) fuck all day and you just like never want to leave bed but it it also means you end up sacrificing things that are important like that have to do with your purpose and your like motivation of actually being incarnate on this planet and those things can start to fade to the wayside Mm -hmm. and so it's not that it's a wrong place to be it's just a stage that you eventually move through Mm -hmm. and um you don't want to stay there you don't want to get like trapped there forever yeah but it, it sounds like you yeah you can kind of move in and out of it the really the really cool thing I think is like a week into like dating not even like being together that was one of the conversations we had and I told him that's like a big like fear for me because I I basically I feel like in the last year really got back to like who I am and what's important to me and like my own happiness and like what fills me up like I feel like I spent a lot of time on that for all the things that I like maybe mm-hmm. fucked up in 2019, 2020. I definitely nailed that one. So I kept constantly like saying to him, "This is important to me. This is important to me." And he's and he said the same. But then we've consistently just like chosen to spend so much time together. I don't know. It's cool. <clears throat> it's very cool. It's very different. Another litmus litmus test for it is your your girlfriends, like your sisterhood. Pardon me. Another litmus test for it is your sisterhood. Yeah. So like like if your close friends are still feeling like you're on track, that's key too. And it mm-hmm. does seem like you are. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying, trying and and lucky for me to have you, especially you, Becky, to keep me. A- accountable to that like because you know I want to obviously like it Mm -hmm. starts with that right Mm -hmm. what do you think Jen (laughs) I think I caught most of your convo it cuts in a little bit for me like in and out Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I don't necessarily see Lover's Lagoon as a I don't know. I can see both sides of it because I remember for me, I felt like it lasted a good two years. <laughs> oh, that's so, um, that's so like, that we might be talking so about something different then. But I, what? We might be talking about something different then. Hmm. Like it's, but it did feel that like, I do remember when I just like stopped caring about everything and like, all I could think about was when I was going to see him next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that that was annoying for everyone around me. And I remember, I think my sister telling me, like, after six months, like, "Oh, it's nice to have you back." Like, mm, yeah. you haven't cared about anybody for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that gave me the reality check I needed. But I really loved that phase of like. No, we had the intoxication phase for like a good two years. Mm. Um, and it's just, there's something so amazing about it. And I remember thinking to myself too, like, what if this is the person that I end up with forever or for a long time and just like milking it? Cause mm-hmm. it was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think just enjoy it too. Cause mm-hmm. it is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and I feel a lot more like in that energy than before where like I felt like I grappled with oh is this the right thing is this the wrong thing yeah mm-hmm. no I'm like well you know it's I and you fucking love it so I don't care because <laughs> it's awesome it's one of like it's one of those things that you look back on and you're like oh that was great mm-hmm. yeah it is and not that amazing. like you fall out of it entirely because I still find myself in phases of that but um there's nothing that can compare to the first while mm-hmm. it's just it's amazing yeah Mm. but I think that's a key point that's like that's the difference is when your sister brought up like okay you're neglecting the rest of your life because you're you're drunk on this dude like when are you coming back like that's that was probably the point where you got out of lover's lagoon because you started yeah, so probably about your... six months for me then. Yeah, and it's easier when, like, with Rylan, he's integrated now into your life, right? Like, you can hang out with your family with him. You can hang out. Yeah. So, or, like, he's going to come on the podcast, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So you can live a balanced life still with him. Yeah, and I think, like, the gift of that was, like, that we got to be good friends first, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, because, yeah. like, this, for me, anyways, like, this, this is so unique because in, historically I've met someone and, like, that's happened right away. But for, like, for us, it, like, came on so gradually that it feels like so, it has so much more depth, I guess, than just, like, lust, if that makes sense. Because I find, like, that was the element of Love Earth's Lagoon more, like, more predominant yeah. than anything else historically. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, this, you can stretch out forever if you want to, you know? Oh, I'm gonna milk it, Jenna. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? That's, like, just being aware of the polarity in your relationship is what will allow it to last. Oh, my God, (laughs) yeah. On and off. Totally. Polarity. Awareness of polarity is so key. So key. Becky, do you want to talk more about that? I feel like you're good at describing polarity, especially as it pertains to relationships. And I think you should also share your situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> um, so polarity is about maximizing on our differences. And I think that there's like, really, we want to be able to move consciously in between the different energies because friendship is more of like, you're finding the similarities And that's Mm -hmm. really important for things like parenting and working together and being a team and that kind of thing. So you want to be able to have that similarity of polarity sometimes, but you also Mm -hmm. want to move into the differences because the differences are what make things exciting. So that masculine and feminine energy, you don't want to both be in your masculine or both be in your feminine. And you know that's happening because you aren't attracted to each other or one yeah. person isn't attracted or whatever or or sometimes you're repulsed by each other that mm-hmm. can happen too so <laughs> we were talking about that today so like um the po- like being able to consciously move into oh i noticed that i'm more in my masculine which is putting him in his feminine and i'm repulsed by that so i want to flip back into my feminine which is more receptive uh, a little more submissive in the best way, which mm-hmm. just basically means going with the flow and being in the moment as opposed to trying to control everything. 
Right. So, mm-hmm. and letting him lead as an example. And, like, depending on where you naturally sit, kind of biologically, and, like, where your soul sits, you might be a little bit more predominantly masculine or feminine. And that's okay as long as you find somebody who kind of matches your opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, what's changed for I you in the like... last four months? Oh, I was just going to say that sub-dom thing is such a thing that I think would benefit every relationship to play with. And I was so adverse to it for so long. Takes a while to warm up to Um, it, for sure. But for me, what I'm finding right now, sorry to cut you off, Becky. I'll just be quick here. um, Is that I wanted to be in the sub and for him to be in the dom recently. And I keep thinking that, but, like, I couldn't feel it. Mm -hmm. So then anytime that I try to like play that role I was like no like I don't want to be a slave mm-hmm. it felt gross to me and like oh he's trying to take my energy and um we talked about it and it was a messy talk but mm-hmm. we had to like really work through that because we both found that we were kind of stuck in the in-between in our lives and our sexual lives but also in our bigger lives mm-hmm. so for John it was like he wanted to be the alpha dom, but all of a sudden he was kind of stuck in this halfway sub, like halfway between the poles. So he'd be kind of beta. And the, the reason I would know he was beta because he would ask me things like, can I do this or can I do that? And I would feel repulsion because mm-hmm. I was like, no, I want you to be an alpha. Like, feel me and do the thing. Yeah. Um, take and, like, but take then he leadership. Would, he would go to do that and I'd be like, no, don't do that because I'd be trying to dom <laughs> and we get in this weird little dance where nobody could get their role straight um mm. and when it came down to us for us was I was holding some deep resentment we had to go all the way in um and just talk about stuff until it started to flood out and then just sort through it it was messy mm. but basically I was resenting him for something he had said which was making me not trust him as the protector role over our family. So I was resenting him and trying to hold all the roles. And then I would block him and I was emasculating him too. Um, mm. And I was getting off on that hard. Um, <laughs> Good noticing. Hard. Mm-hmm. And then we dealt with the resentment. Then he stepped into the protector role by saying exactly what I needed him to say for me to trust him at the end of this conversation. And then it was super fascinating because the next time that we went to have sex, he just took on the dom role and I naturally fell into the sub role and all of that little mind stuff like fell away where I was like, well, he's trying to enslave me or he's trying to do this or that. I actually felt myself being like, I want to do this. I Mm -hmm. want to do what he's asking or he was not asking anymore. He was telling me and I was super turned on by it. And it was, it like totally fascinated me because I've never really felt that before. And I'd always wanted to play into his roles. But mm-hmm. when he embodied that role, so the dom, and we got all the resentment out of the way and had trust there, mm-hmm. then I fell perfectly into the sub role and it played out really nicely. Oh, it's so hot. It was like, it was great. It was I'm listening hot. to that and I'm like, whoo. I know, me too. <laughs> and this is the second time I've heard it and I'm still like, <laughs> yeah turn on. Well, like what mess to get to that point like we had three to four like long 
like one to two hour long conversations where it was like uh, working through the blocks and like what is this what is that I'm angry blah 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 like it was messy as fuck but when we finally sorted it out and it got us both in our opposite poles so it was good. electric <laughs> so mm-hmm. good so good and such good validation mm-hmm. um and also good awareness for both of us to, mm-hmm. to get to that I couldn't have gotten to my awareness without him telling me certain truths and same for him so the key here with this type of stuff is that like you said it when you said trust because it isn't just about getting ordered around and being objectified mm-hmm. like it kind of is in a hot way but but ultimately it's about he's he's so connected to you that whatever comes up in his body of what he wants is actually what you want too because mm-hmm. they say like yes. like that's the phrase of like all desires co-arising so he's feeling into you and actually just manifesting in in the outward form what it is that you both want together and then you're creating something yes so that's the key of this is that instead of him being this like villain that's that's violating you you're actually creating something together because he's connected to you and you're you're yeah that's exactly it and you're letting him connect to you you're letting him feel you that's the feminine part of it of like i'm letting him feel me is the feminine Mm -hmm. piece to it and then he's putting his attention on you and and feeling you and both of you get nourished from that so yeah. fucking hot. Yeah. And then I have kept feeling his beta all the way through. And there's these things that David Data says in his books about the way of the superior man. Where he's like, your woman will continually test you and test mm-hmm. you and test you to see, like, are you there? Are you there? And that's exactly what I was doing. He's... I was doing things that were like just so petty and bitchy just to test like a feel that's what I was doing he says Mm -hmm. every moment every single moment is either a test or a celebration yeah exactly so so you're either getting like if you're the masculine role in the dynamic you're either getting tested and and which ultimately means like little mini ego deaths so that you can expand and grow or you're celebrating and you're going on the ride and you're having a joyous present time because you're watching your feminine woman like love something or or have like this big dynamic emotion have you ever watched tony robbins watch his wife yes that's an example of of celebrating like he like or watching somebody with rapture that's a celebration of like where like being a good audience to somebody who's telling a good story Mm-hmm. all of that is like examples of of we're celebrating being in the moment together or it's a yeah. test yeah. in that and that's the tests are painful right because it means that a part but the of tests you... are also like i think it's the woman's way of trying to get him into his alpha because you're saying like it's safety right it? are you gonna take it are you gonna take it put me down you're looking like, for a boundary like, i'm pushing it against mm-hmm. the wall yeah you're looking mm-hmm. for See, a boundary. Like, Where's the container? Because can he, can he like, can he stand in his like erectness or is he going to go soft is basically what you're looking for of like, Mm -hmm. do you have the strength to hold me here or are you going to drop me? And that's what you're testing for. And that is a safety and trust thing of like, well, I think it's innate, right? It's in our genetic makeup to do that. (laughs) It is. And I can explain, I can explain why too. 
because the the woman in order for a woman to climax to orgasm her brain has to completely like shut off and that means in order to get to that point we have to feel safe whereas a man's brain doesn't completely shut off like he can actually stay vigilant to what's going on and like jump into action and protect you based on like mm-hmm. the way his brain is wired a woman's isn't wired like that so she's looking for to make sure that he's paying enough attention that he's going to keep her safe so that yeah. she can fully exactly. go out of control and fully like have the experience and that he's going to hold the container so yeah. super cool and that's exactly what it feels life. like yeah and then in opposition, like this isn't a sexual way, but just in the masculine feminine polarities, um, I was telling you earlier about a friend whose daughter was testing him and his wife wasn't around and she usually, all she has to do is give her kids a look and they know. Mm. She like lays it down. They're, they don't even test against that wall, but he had the kids this weekend on his own and his youngest daughter was testing him over mm. and over and over. She's just looking for that boundary. <laughs> And he wouldn't give it. He was being the nice guy. He was like, oh, it's okay. Like, I hope this doesn't bother you. And she's like, no. And she just screamed. And, like, I'd never seen her behave like that. Because usually his wife was around. And she just, mm. like, give the look. And it was done. And yeah. then she did some... He went in the house. And I, I, like, she didn't know that it was just me out there. And she did something atrocious that she oh. did just to be a brat. And I went over and I adjusted her and I made her clean up the mess that she did with a really firm tone. And it was fascinating because I laid that boundary for her and I told her, we don't do this. You know better. You know that you don't do this. Now you're going to clean it up and don't Mm -hmm. do it again. And she sought me out the rest of the weekend, almost Mm -hmm. like she was seeking that boundary. Like, Mm -hmm. even though I had like adjusted her, they kids want that firmness too they need to know where's the container safety yeah, where are and the then walls? you can just see her pushing against her dad like give it to me dad she's just like put a boundary down she just yeah. pester 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 how far can i poke him and he went into extreme exhaustion by the end of the weekend he looked awful but because he just kept taking it taking it taking it and it, me and my mom were looking at each other like give it to her already like it's time <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the, you know, because it's a, it's actually a point of contact. It's intimacy, right? When you put up a good, totally a good authentic boundary of, of like you've gone too far. You're not, you're not, because otherwise, what you get is a meshment. And she like, especially at that age, like they're looking for their own identities, right? Of like, where do I start and yeah. you begin? Where are the boundaries to this relationship? And they're mm-hmm. literally playing in that when they're little like that. And then mm-hmm. we carry that out into adulthood too of like playing with these, like where do I start and where do you begin? And when you ha- hit up against a boundary, it feels actually like relief because it's it's connection, it's intimacy. Right. And parenting yeah. is a good example too of that. Because parenting is really what we're doing with our <laughs> romantic relationships too. Like we don't want to be parents in the relationship, but it manifests because we're healing through things. We're working yeah, through exactly. our issues with our parents through the romantic relationship, and and trying to get out of that parenting relationship and into an actual co-creative relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But then I think that's where mothers sometimes get stuck against a wall because they often play that boundary line with their kids, which is quite masculine. And that's what Um, motherhood is actually very masculine. Yeah. But then they can't switch back when it comes to sex because they're, they've been in this spot and it's like, unless you can, you know how to find that spot. Like I've been there. I think that's why I was stuck too. Well, and how how often do you see like married couples that have just had children and you look at them, the dude and you're like, Ooh, like for some part of you is just like, Ooh, cause they're just like giant man babies. I know that sounds <laughs> yes. super judgmental, but I'm not going to lie. That seems like a common like reoccurrence that you see. in like people that have been married for a shorter period of time, just had like their first baby mom's like super in her masculine and it's maybe not historically a role she's played. And you look at the husband and he almost starts to look feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, do you, know, you guys that notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the polarity in the relationship has shifted. Like a, a common thread. Yep. Yeah. Becky, do you want to talk about what's new with you over the yes. past four months? <laughs> well, I feel like I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm in really good relationship to the masculine right now, like more oh, than I've dear. ever been before. <laughs> it, it started with shout out to John Mayo for adding me to this group of uh like I'm in this like group chat and we've all gotten so close and it's mostly dudes and they each like just are the best like they're each like these quirky dudes and they all bring something different to the table and we talk a lot and we're talking all about like this conspiracy shit and like like what's going on in the world and politics and and I'm learning so much but I'm also being supported by them and and having good attention Mm -hmm. and learning that I can be myself and that there's like Jenna mentioned this at the beginning like this is one of her first observations when I started talking about them she was like oh look like good dudes do exist in the world like here's some mm. examples of some dudes that like are on your level yeah and I was like yeah like that's awesome and so it kind of just set the stage and then right before summer solstice I jumped on tinder for like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> as I have the tendency to do of like download the app have it for two days and then delete it get frustrated and delete it and I matched with this dude that uh like had something funny to say right off the bat and then I asked him if he wanted to FaceTime and he was like yeah sure and then we FaceTime for two hours and now we've been can, on, can like, we just talk about the million days someone to FaceTime <laughs> <laughs> I hate FaceTime. Sorry to interrupt you. I put a hard boundary down with Jane because she FaceTimed me once and I was like, I fucking hate FaceTiming. Never FaceTime. You can't just be fucking doing that. (laughs) But it was like, like for Tinder, even having a phone call or like some kind of interaction before you make all of the effort of going out Mm -hmm. is... I recommend because then you know if you're wasting your time or not because yeah. at least like you like their voice and you they can carry a conversation and they're not a total dud you'll know before you get ready to go out and like go through Shower, all of that wash your hair, yeah and just like legs. the emotional turmoil of meeting somebody new is just yeah. it yeah. takes energy right so mm-hmm. so but yeah he was like super game and then yeah it's just like been a thing it's worked out 
<laughs> Jenna, you're, you're so tell me about where you found yourself in terms of polarity when when everything started. How did you feel yourself in your masculine or feminine, or um, and how is it the same or different as what you've experienced in the past with your masculine and feminine? It, it feels so different. So, so different. Um, it feels like, well, because I have all this knowledge now, I know what it feels like to be in my masculine, and I know what it feels like to be in my feminine. I'm more connected to my body in general, moment by moment. So if I do feel good, I let myself feel good. If I do feel like that disgust, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And and it's still mm-hmm. like a roller coaster of of things. Like it's not all hundred percent positive all the time, right? Like, mm-hmm. but and it's uncomfortable. And like the first couple of dates, I I had to take the edge off and have a drink before, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but now I don't have to. And it's only been like four mm-hmm. weeks. So like going through kind of all of that, but doing it consciously, and then having him respond in such a good way. So, should I tell the story about the keg? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Um, so, we were out on the first date, and I know, like, I've thought about this a lot, and you guys and I have talked about this, we've listened to podcasts about it, of, like, who pays for the face- first date, right? Like, how does that... Yeah. And it's just, like, it's my decision that I think that a dude should pay on the first date. Like, I'm pretty black and white about it. And mm-hmm. the reason is that it's, like, it's a way to show that he can provide, that he can give, that he's, like, in service, that energetically he's in his masculine if he's willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's not really about the money. It's more about the energy, right? Of, yeah. like, you're willing to. And, but we live in a culture that's really fucked up about it, right? Yeah. And so, um, we go on this date and we have a really good time. We have good back and forth. I can tell he's into me. We both had a meal and I get up to go to the bathroom and I come back and there's two bills on the table. And and I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) So, so I pay my bill and leave a really good tip and I'm like perfectly pleasant to the the um waitress because i think that's important too like really showing respect to the waitresses the waiters and um and then as soon as she walks away i'm like i didn't realize that you just wanted to be friends (laughs) just like (laughs) cheekily said it like that and he was like oh no (laughs) no his response was so good like i could have blown him out right there like i could have hit a part of his ego or his like insecurity and oh, that date could have been over a big deal about it like he could have like been insulted and and honestly I wouldn't have been that surprised I was more surprised about how he handled it because mm-hmm. yeah. he was like he was like oh my god no what can I do to make it up to you and I was just mm. like hmm and I was half joking but I was like I want to go to the keg and order whatever I want and he was like done (laughs) Mm, I love it and then and which is like a perfect example of the test that we were talking about yes 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 he handled this he handled it he took the little like because you weren't you weren't attached to the outcome 
you were being a shysty bitch. You were just like, I know my standards and I'm going to communicate them because they're important to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it was playful. It was playful. Uh, yeah. But it also was like a little bitchy in the best way, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then, yeah, he was like, okay, done. And then another, like, but I still have all of this PTSD around fuckboys, right? So I'm used to mm-hmm. being told things that are never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm like, okay, okay. But, but I also have no attachment and no, I'm not assigning meaning to it in the same way that I used to. So that's a big shift too of like, this yeah. would be great if this happened, but I don't need it to. I've like mm-hmm. let it go into the universe of like, generally I would like to be taken out and like mm-hmm. spent have some dude spend his energy and currency on me like his energetic currency that would feel good mm-hmm. and so but he like again he like not only like got through the little ego death there but he made the reservation and within like less than a week we were sitting at the keg having like the brie and hors d'oeuvres mm. and everything like the full nine yards so, which is like the turn on you were talking about when you guys were listening to my story. I feel listening to this story. <laughs> like, oh my god, it is like Mercury's in retrograde. Okay, sorry. Continue. We're we're turned on about the story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying the way that you guys said you were turned on about my story. That's the way that I feel turned on about this story. My feminine is like hard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hard. Yes. He can take an adjustment and still hold a tight container. Yeah. Yeah. Passed a test. And just be like, yeah. I got this. I'll handle it. Yeah, for sure. Just so hot. Then I'll so sur- then my feminine's like, yeah, I will surrender to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, he's good. He's good that way. Mm. He is and he just like does another other things that turn me on is just like he does all these man things. Like he loves we were at my friends the other day and he just like took over the barbecue and was like perfectly happy to to barbecue Mm. for everybody or like go get wood and then make a fire and then like and he got along really well (laughs) with my friends and like like all of that is like like it doesn't really matter to me what you say it's it's one of the guys in my chat group was like all you need to do is chop wood and that turns women on right and it's so true because it's like it's Mm -hmm. not it's in their behaviors it's not in what they say which is, like, the antithesis mm-hmm. of the fuckboy thing of, like, I'll tell you everything you want to hear, but I won't deliver on yeah. it. And this is, like, I'll deliver on it in advance and then get you all worked up and then we'll have really good sex later. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it's all foreplay. Yeah, everything is foreplay. Mm-hmm. Everything is... And that's something that I wish more dudes would learn is that everything everything is foreplay basically it starts from like the moment that you 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 like end the last sex session from like that moment on you're foreplaying for the next one Mm. i wish more also there's something that like speaking of that there's something that seven bomar was talking about this last week in his last video um about the dynamic between the masculine and feminine and tethering and I can't remember exactly how he described it, but basically he was saying, like, give some, but don't give too much. Like, know when it's time to pull back. And I think for both the masculine and feminine, it's feeling into each other. So, like, 
even when a dude feels that disgust, like he should be able to feel that repulsion and that disgust if he's tuned into you. And mm-hmm. that's his cue to pull it back, take yeah. it back a step, yeah. give you some air to breathe, stop being so clingy and needy and give me some space. Mm-hmm. And the minute they pull back, then you can feel yourself. I, I don't remember how he described it as tethering, but like that's where the attraction lies. Yeah. is when one pulls back it allows the other one to actually come forward because you're being drawn then well there's I think, space. The, I think what's happening there is that he's not like when he's being like sookie or or feminine and and it's not like it's not you don't have approval for it or you don't it's not what's resonant to the energy because it's coming from insecurity or it's coming some, from some kind of like neediness He's pulling on our on our energy, right? Like he's pulling. And that pulling feeling doesn't feel good. It feels violating. It's like I didn't actually say that you could take from me and you're pulling. Yeah. And that pulling energy is actually a feminine energy of reception because he like wants something and that's that yeah, to me is repulsive. It just feels so disgusting in my body that I like want to put up a wall of protection. But as soon as it, yeah, it's like space so that he can get back into his giving energy or his like, his attentive energy instead of the pulling of like, the pulling is a really little boy. It's like, look at me, mom. Look at me. Love me. And it's, yeah, I don't like that. It's the ultimate sign that they're not tuned into you and their attention is inward instead of outward. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it too. And it's so hot when a dude has his attention on, oh, especially, like, to me, like, Jane's witnessed me in this before, too, of, like, the alpha dude who has his attention on the whole group and is just, like, a leader, and he's, like, making sure that everyone's good and okay, and he's leading from the back, and I love that, love that. Rylan really wants to be on this podcast, hey? I know. He's trying really hard. He's trying really hard. Um, there was, like, a full circle on that, too, somehow, of Lover's Lagoon. Of um, receiving? Of, of the tethering thing. Of, like, allowing each other to have space is actually what's going to let the relationship breathe. And mm. that's why I think part of why Lover's Lagoon isn't sustainable long-term is because, like, John and Jenna, when you watch them, they've actually got such a good groove in both of their individual lives And I think that's what keeps the, like, that oxygen keeps the spark alive, Mm -hmm. right? Of, like, we're not so glued to the hip that we lose our polarity. So there's, Mm -hmm. like, a, a, and every, but every relationship's a little bit different, too, so you can't, Mm -hmm. it's not a subscription. I'll let you know, I'll let you know how it unfolds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm really trying to just, like, just love it right where it's at right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's really smart, I think. Yeah. Really, really super smart. Oh, I don't want to cut it short, guys. Well, I think but... this is actually a good spot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was okay. awesome. Well, Love you both. Thank you. Love you, and thanks for mm-hmm. listening. So so sorry it's been so long. Mm-hmm. We'll but we'll be get, back sooner than later. We'll try to get back on track here. <laughs> yes. Okay, we might have lost Jen already anyway. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.